Dawn uh, asked me would I write a, a new piece for her after I wrote That the Night Come. So, um, and she's a, a kind of artist in uh, association or with the St. Paul Chamber Orchestra in Minnesota. The, it's based on the diaries of this uh, woman called Asenath Nicholson, who was uh, traveling around Ireland during the famine in the uh, mid-19th century. So um, this was her kind of account of what she saw unraveling before her. Uh, I've been wanting to do something on the famine for a while. And I, in fact, I'm going to be doing a bigger piece with Dawn as well and Alarmo Sound based around entirely the famine. And I, I was buying a whole load of books one day in the, in Hodges Figgis and I saw something, I, I was collecting memoirs as well and I saw there was this thing from Asenath Nicholson. And, uh, but I didn't have enough money that day because I was also buying the complete transactions of the Quakers in Ireland, of course, who had been really... Um, uh, had done so much in order to kind of help alleviate the sort of suffering that was going on. So I bought that. And then about a week later, I went in, oh, I'm really intrigued by this memoir because suddenly it, it made sense that maybe this would work for the St. Paul piece. And um, it wasn't there. <laughs> and I asked them and they said, oh, they didn't know when they'd be getting in another copy of it at all. So I started searching the internet first, Googling it. And um, I found it through the, uh, it was put online through Google Books, through the University of Michigan Library, the original copy from 1851. And um, so I got that. I got the original copy. I, I got a, a printout of the original copy and started working from that. <laughs> so <laughs> it was uh, kind of amazing to have the original copy. Uh, also with these scrawlings of various students through the generations, through it, on top of it. Uh, and that's what I um, worked from. And uh, so it was absolutely fascinating to come across this because I hadn't even heard of her when I was at school or anything like that. And and these are contemporary accounts of, of what happened from an outsider's view. I've always been interested in history uh, for, for a long time. I mean, always. Um, and particularly in sort of notions of Irish identity, because, of course, anybody's identity is as much a kind of cultural construction as it is based on fact, you know? And who is who who does most of the kind of creative construction in this regard other than but historians? In fact, half of history is, is made up, without a doubt. And then it feeds into how we... Um, talk about ourselves and think about ourselves. But of course, it's based on large amounts of facts too. But it hadn't featured in my artistic work, really, until I started becoming really interested in using the Shan Nose stuff, which I suppose for me, even though Grogas Boss came out in 2007, had started really from late 2004. So really, within my own music, it's only, it's only been a kind of... Um, big element since then and it is a huge element did you find through reading this um this account that you know your your perception of the event differed from you know for instance what you what you came across in school and and did that kind of affect your approach to the work itself yeah, there are lots of grays in in there that that came across in this account as well you know in that uh, there were more people were complicit than we think, in a way, you know, and like she talks about Catholic middlemen who who really didn't care either, you know, as to and they were doing it as a job relief worker. And so 
it's not as black and white for sure. There's been so many revision, revisions of thinking about the famine and also attempting to sort of make one's way through the sort of piles of contradictions. It, nevertheless, it's something that had a major impact on us and I think still has an impact on us. It's even why to some degree we're so tolerant of what's happening to us now. In a way, it was disturbing that there was this kind of, among many people, this kind of desire to passively allow this happen, which in a way is a kind of active act in itself. But um, that was not uncommon at that time, um, and not just in, in Britain, but in lots of European countries, this thought, this kind of disregard of the other, you know, thinking of the other. And in fact, that still happens today, you know, this thinking of someone as the other, and therefore kind of... It, um, divesting them of a kind of a human quality uh, so as to allow certain things to happen. And I suppose the other thing that I concentrate on, certainly in this piece for St. Paul, is the way that bureaucracy can be immoral. You know, you can stand behind bureaucracy to justify acts that if it were on a one-to-one -one basis, you, you could never justify. Um, and I suppose I'm interested in these... I'm interested in these huge issues sometimes, but you know, I'm only a composer, so I'm I'm writing notes around it. And this, as you said, is the second time that you've worked with Don Upshaw. Um, you wrote the piece that the night come for her with the crash ensemble two years ago. Was writing this piece was it an easier thing to do, uh, knowing her voice and having worked with her? already on, on the previous piece? This is probably a harder piece, actually. It's more intense, this piece. And uh, it, it's quite, it's got these rhythmic shifts in it. So I, I'd say the Don will say it's not easier, <laughs> for sure. And um, it is, uh, so I don't know. I mean, yes, I know uh, her very well. Like, But even when I was writing That and I Come, I knew her voice very well. So. I don't know, I may have even, t I've taken more risks even in this piece, so we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> You've got another uh, premiere coming up uh, at the end of this month with the, the Kronos Quartet, is that is that correct? Or is that, um, is that a second performance of the string quartet that you wrote for them? No, no, that's that's the premiere in, in, in uh, Zankel in Carnegie. So uh, that's in New York in the end of February, yeah. And I'm really looking forward to that. In fact, I had that piece finished before this piece, even though it's getting its premiere later. But Cronus like to live with their music for a while before they uh, put it on, which is a, they have a really wonderful way of working, you know. Where so I was getting questions about that back in December as they were rehearsing it, and um, so that's quite nice to have that level of uh, time being given to the piece. So um, uh, uh, so I'll be meeting them at the end of. Yeah, at the end of this month, yeah, and uh, that'll be its premiere. So there's a lot of international uh, performance happening. Is there anything? Uh, is there any uh, any others that we don't know about? Um, of stuff. Uh, well, uh, Dear Price, I think they're doing the piece I wrote for them in England at the moment, and um, Crash will be taking that when I come to America next year because I'll be writing a new piece for Alarmo Sound as well with Dawn Upshaw. So that'll be coming up. We'll be doing that in little bits. We'll be doing a bit in Missouri this summer, and then we'll be doing it in, um, well, I'll be doing instrumental music uh, from it in, in New York in the following spring as well. So 
Is that the one that you mentioned at the at the top of the interview? That's that's also based on the famine. Is yeah, exactly. Yeah, the huge impact on us, and and also sometimes I think within us there somehow is the feeling, oh well, we deserved it or something. Which I I I can never fully come to terms with our feel our feelings like that sometimes. But definitely that lurks within us, you know. I do find it a kind of fascinating topic to to kind of probe. Also, in terms of the kind of socioeconomic uh, stuff that's going on today, you know, where where really the world is on the brink of possibly uh, things collapsing or not. Maybe they'll, they'll, it'll all work out. But still, it, it is that there is always this dialogue between a kind of what economics want, which is often quite different from what people need. But in a way, that's one of my triggers for exploring this material at the moment. Also because uh, there's so much source material from that time, from the kind of Shandos material of that time, which I did a lot of research into for the Kronos Quartet piece. I mean, I transcribed maybe 35, 40 Shandos songs from these ancient, these recordings from the 1920s, which I recorded, ap which I transcribed absolutely exactly. And um, there's just something in that material which is sort of pregnant with possibility that sort of fires me up, you know.